0: Hey, if you're listening to this, Trust Driven Care is our new software and education, and it's all about helping to grow your office through building trust with your patients and your members. One great feature that we added was the ability to add membership sites. Membership sites are places where you can hold your own video courses that you offer to people in your marketing programs, or maybe you have a certain coursework on nutrition you want to give every single patient who comes in for a new patient exam. These membership courses can be so powerful. If you've ever used something like Kajabi or Thinkific or Learnistic, it's very similar to that. We wanted to add them in so everyone can see the benefit of those and grow their practice through sharing that information with their patients and their members. Check out Trust Driven Care. It includes that as one of the great features that we think will help build trust with your patients, grow your audience, grow your impact in your community, and create more raving fans. So go ahead and check it out at TrustDrivenCare.com. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. This is Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm excited for you to be on this journey. Look, when I started my Clinic Gym Hybrid back in 2013, I didn't have a place to go for resources. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're here. I hope you dig this interview. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm joined today by Dr. Michelle Wendling. Michelle, how are you? I'm
1: awesome, Josh. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you so much for your time today. Now, Michelle, uh, I know this, but our listeners might know this, but you are uh, a chiropractor many, many years of practice in Colorado. Then you decided to go full Cousin Eddie, hop in the old RV and drive around the nation and ended up somewhere else. But you also, uh, in the meantime, when you're not doing clinical practice, because you're not fixed in Colorado anymore, you have some coaching you offer to other chiros. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I actually sold my practice in 2001 so that I could free up my time, volunteer Mm -hmm. more and help more docs. Um, which is, you know, when I became president of women chiropractors, nonprofit organization. And -hmm. in addition to that, I've been, I've been coaching since, um, about 2008. Uh, I've been coaching chiropractors. So a while.
0: Yeah. And what first got you into it?
1: Um, so I realized early in practice that docs didn't, like, I've been running my own businesses since I was 15. And mm-hmm. so I, I just thought everyone knew how to run a business. <laughs> Weird. Right turns out that's not a thing and that we learn to be clinicians, but we don't learn to be business people. And so I started looking around at my colleagues that had graduated and they were really struggling or, or they were, you know, seeing lots and lots and lots of people, but not making much money. And their Profit margins were low. And I was like, well, what's happening? And, and they were like, well, I have no idea. I don't even look at my money. I'm like, what? So So yeah, so then I just started into it and uh, turned out the first two or three people I helped really skyrocketed their practices, got a lot happier and had a lot less stress. And I was like, "Hmm, well, I should help more people do this. So I did it while in practice at the same time for most of the time. And then in 2021, I cut loose my practice, sold it to another amazing doc. And uh, now I'm doing remote coaching and being president.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to dive in today talking about like numbers. I said KPIs, but, uh, you said that I don't even use that language, man. I'm way, you know, you're like, uh, you, you, uh, you're, you're experienced enough to, to call them something else, which is totally fine. But I want to talk numbers because what I'm hoping the listeners get, you know, a lot of our folks have a clinic and they want to develop enough seed money to open a gym, right? And so basically it's, you got to have some profit and you got to have a well-running practice or you're just going to create a second big headache for yourself. And so we want to, uh, we want to talk about that. So I'd love to focus there. So let's start out with this question. If I were to say, like, if you just looked at one, two or three numbers to see, is my practice healthy or not? What would you say is the most telling numbers uh, regardless of style, like if I do rehab or NUCA or, you know, AK or whatever, what would you say the most, the most important numbers are?
1: Well, so what I tell my clients is there's two things you always want to look at. You want to, and this is very bird's eye view because a, a lot of offices I go into, they think they need to track like 20 numbers and it's right. exhausting.
0: And oh, I've talked to front so desk staff who right? are yeah, spending an hour and a half every night Right. doing some crazy ass Google spreadsheet. And it's like, what does that really tell you? And if that worked, like what's happening here?
1: So. Right. And and just entering the numbers doesn't do a darn thing for you. So I tell mm-hmm. them all you have to look at. And, and, and to be honest with you, a lot of them break into tears when I mention this. So I just mm-hmm. say, all you have to look at is, is your schedule full and is your bank account full? Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. That's all that matters. Is your schedule full and is your bank account full? Now, if either one of those is not as you choose them to be, you go one step further and you can look at things like um, income per visit. It's mm-hmm. one of my, I geek out on that one and cost per visit and retention. So those would be the pieces. But really, all you really need to check is is your, is your front desk doing the well, job or you keeping your schedule full, right? Yeah. And-
0: I know are, this might come as a shock, but some of our listeners would answer no to both of those questions. Their bank account is not full and neither is their schedule. But can we dive into the, the money side? You, you talk about income cost and retention, right? As three good markers to say, is Correct. your schedule full? Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. So uh, let's kind of peel those away because I would love for the listeners to come away with something. Cause a lot of times we, we, when we're sitting there, I think, I don't know if you ever went through this as a, as a, you know, youngish provider. I have this, it's like, am I even operating the right way? Like I don't even know the operating system. I kind of made it up as I go. And I got a little bit from my buddy. And then, you know, my dad's friend's a business coach. And he helped me kind of set up my books. And then my accountant told me to do this. And my lawyer said do this. And blah, blah. And it's just this mosaic of of mm-hmm. systems that might work, but you know, when when you take parts and pieces, you don't get the benefit of synergy. Right.
1: Very true. And piecemealing it together means not all the pieces work together. Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: So what's the saying? uh, Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing not to put it in fruit salad. It's like...
1: (laughs) Yes, the application of it. Exactly. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I love that saying. So
0: so let's go to to what was it? Income, cost, and retention were the three you kind of looked at on there. Let's break those down. So when you're looking at income, somebody... Is listening and they're like, "Hey, my bank account's not full, my schedule's not full. I'm gonna start attacking this. Let's look at income per per visit. Uh, Absolutely. What are some some things to consider, or some maybe some just guideposts to know if you're in the right range or you're completely off?
1: Absolutely. So income per visit. First of all, the calculation is very simple, right? It's your total income collected divided by number of visits in a period of time. So there's your calculation. It's very simple, very straightforward.
0: So that corrects Um, for if you did manual therapy with this person and not that one, or you did an extra ice pack here, sold subs, just just make it simple, you're saying. Just take total revenue divided by number of visits. There's your income per visit.
1: Correct. And there's a lot of ways to change and elevate your income per visit. Now, Mm -hmm. you're asking whether or not it's in the ballpark of where it should be. That is a very difficult question to answer because everyone's practice is very different. However, one of the things I like people to look at is how many hours do you want to work? What kind of money do you want to make? Mm -hmm. That tells you what your income per visit should be. Mm -hmm. And so coming at it from that, rather than comparing yourself to all the docs down the street... Right. Because you know, for one of them, $26 a visit's lovely. For someone else, $187 a
0: visit is lovely. Well, on on that, on that, let's just assume a person doesn't take insurance and so they can completely dictate everything. Mm-hmm. Is there a basement that you see, like, hey, you just have to be above this amount? For example, if I tell you I'm doing one hour long visits, I'm charging $20. I don't know of a market where that would work. You know? I just don't. And if you're like, yeah, I'm gonna spend two hours with people and I'm gonna charge them fifteen hundred dollars. I feel like I'm pretty good at what I do and I don't know that market that would that would be a sustainable model. Maybe you could sell one or two of them, but I don't know about sustainable. So first off, is there a, a basement you think like, hey, this dollar an hour is the minimum or you know, this amount a month is the like there has to be some bracket, right? Like there's just at some point it just falls apart.
1: Right. And the and the bracket is essentially your cost per visit plus 20%. Okay. So you have to figure out your cost per visit as well. The first thing I start clients on is always cut your expenses. Mm-hmm. Let's go in, let's figure out what's really not needed. And in many, many offices, mm-hmm. it gives them a two to $3,000 a month raise. Okay. Well, that's kind like of nice. And that's yeah. with doing nothing except not spending the money on crap you're not using and it isn't making you money. So there's some
0: common ones you find in, in offices.
1: Equipment leases that are, everyone has a treadmill that's got, you know, coat hanger on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what you want to look for in a treadmill, by the way, is make sure the handles on the sides are flat. And big yeah. enough to put a hanger over or it's just not going to be of use in a couple months, you know, it's really exactly.
1: sad. And, and then yeah. if you put a board across it, you can iron on it, too. Very, yeah, there you
0: go. Right? Sure. So it's
1: very, very useful. Sure. Um, so that's a big one. Um, a lot of people are paying too much for their marketing. That's not actually bringing them in people. Uh, okay. A lot of people are paying too much for their um, online presence, um, mm-hmm. you know, SEO, things like that. Mm mm-hmm lot of cutting there and a ton with office supplies. I see a lot of offices where, you know, it's a two or three doc office, but they're spending five to six grand a month on office supplies. And so then I make them go in and go, all right, what do you need? And what do you need? It's really common. So, uh, and those are things they didn't realize they were doing. It's just another Amazon, another Amazon, another Amazon, right? You know, when it's only 70 bucks, you're like, no big deal, but you get several of those in a row. So I make them only do one order a month Mm. And, that, and that totally eliminates that because they won't spend two grand in yeah. one year, right? So yeah, yeah. it's just a way to prioritize expenses. Um, just a trick there, but, okay. um, but your cost per visit and then add 20% because you've got to have a profit or why are you in this business? Why are you doing this? Right. Right. And ideally it'd be more like 50% profit, but let's start with 20 and see if we can get there.
0: Okay, so we want to break that down and figure that out. Let's say, so uh, let me give you, some parameters here. Let's say that I see half hour initial visits and 15 minute follow-ups and it's just me as a single provider. I have an office with, I don't know, two private rooms and 400 square feet in the back and my lease every month. It's 1500 square feet. I'm paying two bucks a square foot. So it's 3000 bucks a month. And I have one office administrator and one assistant in the back, right? And let's just say that I know that every hour I pay that administrator with the cost of being there, I'm making up numbers, 25 bucks. I pay my other assistant 25 in in total. So I got 50 bucks an hour of labor costs plus my own. Mm -hmm. And uh, where would I go from there? What are some other things to look at? Oh, she's pulling up a spreadsheet. I know it.
1: (laughs) Um, No, I'm just doing some math. So that that would make the overhead about eight grand a month. on average. And then on top of that, first thing you want to start with is how much money do you need to make? And then you add your, you know, I need to make 10. So that's eight grand
0: a month month without Josh getting paid. Correct. So if I say, Hey, I want to make 10 grand a month because that's, you know, where we're at. You're going to say, all right, simple. You need to get $18,000 in revenue every month Mm -hmm. or what would that be? $4,500 a week. Mm -hmm. And I say, all right, well, dang it, Michelle, I went to school and I want, you know, I have a new baby at home and I don't want to blah, blah, blah. And I'm only willing to see 25 hours of patient care a week. What do I need to, what's that get to?
1: Well, so I, I did the math a little bit different way. Which yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Your, your average visit needs to be $56 if you're going to see 80 people a week. Um, and then you could take that 80 people a week and go, okay, well, how many people do you like to see an hour? You like to see three an hour, you said ish. Mm -hmm. So you get 80 divided by three. That's 26 hours a week. Not too bad. So 27 hours a week, you can pay yourself that cover your entire overhead. And and so again, very simple math.
0: And is that with the 20% Um, of profit added in there?
1: um, No. Well, no, because we didn't have to add the 20% profit because we added $10,000 for, for your paycheck. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. That's Yeah,
1: Yeah. It's more like, it's more like 62% profit.
0: Okay. So, so, a lot. Well, higher. I want profit and a salary. You know, I'm kind of one of those crazy people.
1: <laughs> okay. And we can add that
0: in too. They're, they're rare within, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> owner operator healthcare clinics. You know, it's either do I want to take profit at the end of the month or a salary? And you talk to some other people, like a friend of mine's a dentist, and he's like, you know, of course I'm getting a salary, right? Why wouldn't I? I'm doing work in the clinic and I'm also going to take the profit. I'm like, wow. What a dream. <laughs>
1: yeah, And and that's how it should work. So that's, yeah. that's right for him. Absolutely. That's and right. then you yeah. say to yourself, okay, I don't actually want to work 26 hours. And I do still want to see only three people an hour. Okay, fine. So instead of $56 per collection, let's shoot for 72. If we get mm-hmm. seventy-two dollars, which means we're selling someone a supplement or we're increasing our prices, mm-hmm. most of our colleagues are well underpriced, like ridiculously right. underpriced. I, yeah. I go into offices all the time where they're like, "It's forty yeah. dollars," and I'm like, "Ah, uh. uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're in a metropolis, right?"
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I'll tell you as a gym owner, you know, um, there was a point where I was paying my trainer something like fifty-two percent of. So it's like, if you bring in a hundred bucks, we'll pay you fifty-two, right? And that was because we got in a little battle of, I stupidly started in too high and then I had nowhere to go. All right. he's like, oh, I'm going to leave. And he he was great. So I was like, oh, I'll pay you more. So doing 52% and I quickly realized that is a good way to to get yourself out of business quickly is if you're paying him 52%, that means there's 48% left over for operating costs, booking costs, like you said, marketing, online presence, all that stuff. And not enough for good old owner guy you know?
1: Correct. And people yeah. do that with their associates all the time as well.
0: All the they, time. Yeah. You know, Gosh, they do
1: well underpay their associates, but they also overpay their associates of both yeah. sides. And that's why it's yeah. so important to know your numbers because then okay. you know what you can pay people and what yeah. equipment you can purchase and how many times that equipment needs to be used in order to justify it plus a profit and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So yeah. that's where I start salivating when, when yeah. somebody
0: wants to do something. I always love the equipment. One, like, <laughs> yeah. Or it's like uh you hear somebody talking and they're like, oh yeah, we got this piece of equipment. Oh yeah. Like how much was it? $47,000. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, but we use it all the time. And then sometimes if I'm in an office, like when we do consulting and stuff, I'll we'll be like, ask the CA, like, so how many times do you use that? You know, XR 5,000. And she's like, oh, I've, I've never plugged it in. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love it when they go the what?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and or you go, it,
0: oh, <laughs> It would happen to all the time, you know, we get Uh such great results. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The shiny bobble syndrome wears off quick. And so I do warn docs about that. Um, And if you put a system in place, so the shiny bobble syndrome never wears off, like you create value for that thing and and Mm -hmm. continuously put it into the treatment protocols, then you're going to be the best
0: thing thing ever. Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Like we, we sometimes get sold on what it could be and don't actually use it for what it, what it is.
1: Well, and so many people will buy the shiny bobble because they don't feel like the adjustment is enough. And that Mm -hmm. breaks my heart, right? Mm -hmm. Because the adjustment is so powerful. And so they, they devalue the thing that they went to school for and that they're very, very good at. Um, the mm-hmm. diagnosing, the figuring out all of the things of what's going on with that person, mm-hmm. giving good healthcare advice. And instead they're like, no, look, shiny bobble.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And so then all of their people do that, but it's not as cool as actual chiropractic. And so then people yeah. and go find chiropractic. And the,
0: the other thing about chiropractic, I mean, when you're talking about cutting expenses and eat like the, one of the greatest parts of our profession is all you need is a table and your hands. Yeah, That's it. Hell, hand. I mean, even the table, you can borrow a bench press from the gym if you need to and just use that. But,
1: I you know, <laughs> going back to my
0: friend, that's a, yeah, I think we all have like adjusted somebody. I adjusted somebody like on the back deck of a boat one time, uh, I've yeah, got tailgate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't recommend hard metal, by the way, um, for the patient or the provider, but you can do it. Yeah. Um, True. But going back to it, like you look at a dentist, they can't, they, you know, they can't operate without hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment, right? Okay. I mean, it would feel weird to lay in anything but a dental chair and, you know, you need the big heavy lights and the little water picky thing and the sterilized tools and all that. Just to get to zero, they, you know, they, they're 20 grand into equipment. And so I hope people out there listening, man, we have this advantage, use it.
1: For sure. Yeah. It, it really, you can keep your overhead ridiculously low and still be an yeah. absolute phenomenal practitioner.
0: I actually, I did a charity event one time with this group called Liga, the Flying Doctors of Mercy. They go down to these tiny villages in Mexico and provide care, right? And so like you're flying in on like Cessnas. I mean, it's like dirt runway, whatever. Anyway, super cool thing. And there's just, you wake up, you get down there Friday morning and there's just a line around the clinic. When I say clinic, we are being very generous with that term. There's a line across, right? So anyways, I'm talking to the director guy and I'm like, hey man, I'm a chiropractor. Cause he was, his presentation was all about like, cleft palates and fixing eye surgeries and, and big things you see in third world countries that here get corrected at birth, right? And I'm like, hey, man, I'm a chiropractor. Do you ever need any chiropractors? He's like, oh, I love chiropractors. I was like, really? He's like, oh, my God, you guys are great, man. I can just give you like a, a bench and you can go help hundreds of people that day. He goes, we get these, uh, you know, these orthopedic surgeons that retire. They want to come down. They're bleeding hearts. Oh, I want to help everybody. They come down. We have a line of 600 people and they're telling me, hey, man, I think this guy's got an AC separation. I need an MRI. He was like, the best we got for imaging here is the sun, brother. That's it. That's as good as it's going to get. So if you can't diagnose without it, like and he's like, they can't do anything. They have no, like there's nowhere to go. Cause they're like, oh, it needs this and that in six weeks. He's like, that dude's got to, it took him a week to come here from his farm. Like he's gone after today, you know? And so it was just super cool because yeah, like we can do a lot right now with what we got, you know? And, uh, that's one of the special things. Anyways, back to the numbers, back to the numbers. You mentioned retention. I'd love to dive into that because I think that is the, the secret that, that never gets spoken of.
1: And it needs to be spoken of all the time. It's, it's definitely, that's my favorite part. And that's my expertise is all about retention. Um, the, you might the,
0: have a great conversation here because I've been diving into the research.
1: Oh, I yes. love retention. Yeah. I just geek out on it. And it, retention is all about the value that the patient has for the care and for mm-hmm. the experience. And it's more about the experience than the care. As it turns out, you could be the best chiropractor in the world, but if they mm-hmm. don't fall in love with you, then it's a moot point. They're going to go mm-hmm. somewhere else. So uh, people go to their chiropractor because they want to be there. So, you know, that patient education is important as far as what the adjustment's doing. Yes and no. But what really matters is how it's going to change that patient's life. And so yeah. that's where that patient education comes in because, you know, the fact that their liver is going to function better and they're going to have fewer allergies not relevant to them if that's not truly impacting their life.
0: Right, yeah, right. yeah. It's like
1: telling them, oh, you're going to have this car and it has all these doodahs and those doodahs, I just want to go to and from work. I don't care about doodahs. Yeah. That's
0: right. If it's not
1: relevant, they're not going to buy your car. Same thing with chiropractic. But um, as far as retention goes, you know, you want to look at, if you're getting a lot, a lot of new patients, the likelihood you have high retention, unless you're in a ser- serious growth pattern, is very low. You're, the more new patients you have, the typically the lower retention you have.
0: Let's just repeat that because I think it might've sounded like not a big deal. And it's a big deal. Can you repeat what you just said?
1: It's such a big deal. The more new patients you have, likely the lower your retention is, right? right. You've heard the, the hole in the bucket, dear Liza, right?
0: You right. Yeah.
1: That whole thing? yeah. That's what's happening in your practice. So if yeah. you're, you know, in my office, I could get maybe two new patients in a week if I was lucky. So we had um, a three to to six month wait list for our new patients Um, and they waited, they waited.
0: And and that makes sense because the only fall off you're happening is people like say physically moving away. No one's staying local, but opting out. You're saying.
1: Correct. And and maybe not no one, but a very, very small percentage. Right.
0: Right. But I think uh, people look at that and go, Oh, only two new patients a week, scoff, scoff. Like it's, you know, like I can't believe that the context matters a lot, and we we have a, uh, you know, we have worked with some folks and like two or three week waiting list. Although I feel bad for those patients, right? Like they they need care. Uh, it's a good sign that what you're doing is working, and your you know strategies of communication and caring for people are working very well because they want to be, they want to be with you, they want to stay with you.
1: Right. And and to be to be fair. If that patient is in pain or discomfort, almost no one in my office had pain or discomfort because when you're waiting two or three months to get in, you're mm-hmm. not waiting in pain. That's that's no bueno. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants mm-hmm. that. So we had a referral system. We referred out, you know, six to eight patients every day mm-hmm. to other offices um, because they were in pain. And, they, and so we we filled up all the that's offices good. in Denver along the way. So it was lovely. Um, Very
0: nice. Yeah. You know,
1: and, and okay. they, the patients' got great care, but um, but yeah, it's very important for you to look at that and go, all right, so if I always need new patients, it's because somehow the other patients are drifting away, and then it's good mm-hmm. to dive into that and figure mm-hmm. out what's happening there
0: mm-hmm. How did you uh, what are some tips you have for retention and and let's before that, stick with numbers. going back again, what's a basement for retention per patient and well, How can we do some calculations around to say, like, am I healthy? Am I hitting my goals or am I out of, out of alignment here?
1: So you're, you're going to hear me say this a lot, but it's clinic dependent, right? Okay. So if you're one of those clinics who yeah. thinks people need to come three times a week, then your, 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 income, your income, your number of patient visits per year needs to be significantly higher okay. than if you're a clinic that believes patients should come once a month. Okay. You can have a hundred percent retention, and your patients have a twelve visit a year if you're a once a monther, right? So it, okay. it really matters what kind of practice you have, yeah, and what yeah. your typical recommendations are. So if the office, if the doctor typically says, um, you know what, Mrs. Smith, let's go twice a week for the mm-hmm. next six weeks, and mm-hmm. then once a week for the next, you know, and they have that, right? Then that is what you should be shooting for your retention mm-hmm. numbers for the
0: year. Okay, that's one of the funny things about the. <laughs> The clinic gym model is, you know, whenever I'm consulting with people, I'll say like, like how many times do people come to your office? They're like, Oh, we start the first week, three times a week. And then we quickly go to two times a week. And then one time after that, but let's say a total of 12 visits. Let's, I mean, just making some up here. I uh, like, okay. You know, and how long do you want them? Or how many times a week do you want them to exercise? Oh, three to four, like at least. And it's like, okay. Like the energy is different. So. One thing that we always try and coach them through is, you know, like don't look at this as an end. There's no end point to this patient care. Now you can switch to exercise or, you know, whatever you want to call it, coaching, nutrition, but we'll just use exercise. And it's like the same person that was like, Oh, one time a week is now going to like, they should be here three times a week. I'm like, yeah. And they're going to pay cash and you're going to see a whole lot of things happen. And it's interesting, Michelle, for me, because, you know, when you talk retention, the gym retention is pretty well understood. I don't think it's as understood in the clinic world, but like we know what really affects uh retention in a in a gym. It's like number 1, does the coach use my name and treat me as an individual? And it's like, well you just apply that to the clinic and say like, are we doing an individual care plan and treating the person as their own thing, not just the same thing with everybody? Second one, is the facility clean and nice? And it's like Oh, okay. Because in a gym, it's like I'm putting my hands on the ground. I'm looking, you know, I'm in the nooks and crannies. But in a clinic, they still want a nice, you know, nice place that looks decent, has fresh paint. Uh, the third one is um, th- there's a sense of community and I'm part of something bigger than than just this. And it's like, well, you know, in your clinic, you could kind of employ that same strategy. And the last one is small things like uh, greeting them by name. Music selection? Is it, you know, does it smell nice in there? And, uh, and I mean, they publish about this stuff in gym magazines and gym, you know, white papers all the time. And I'm like, how come the ACA or what's that? uh, American chiropractor or chiroeconomics? I've never seen an article about these things in there, you know, how to make the facility retain, help you retain your patients as well. It just drives me nuts. So it's
1: so important. I have a whole uh, video on that, actually, Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the patient experience. So, Totally, totally on board with you. Absolutely. And then the last piece that you didn't mention, which I know is underlying all the things, which is, um, you know, results. Yeah. Are they getting what they think their money is worth? But that first piece is all about their, their experience, which is really, really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Results is actually another one of the drivers at a gym too. Like if people have lost weight with you, it's easy to get another year out of them, you know?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or if they feel more energy or if they sleep better or those right. other things that people don't It doesn't hurt to pick right? up my yeah. grandkid
0: anymore. Exactly. You know, all my back used to hurt all the time or when I play golf or whatever. Yeah, we have that ability. It's so funny. I, you know, as I do this podcast, we talk to people and, you know, you, I'm, I don't know if you've ever talked to anybody like in e-commerce, right? Like the, where they sell things online. And I remember talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, man, we we really do a lot to increase the customer experience. like." we can, he's like, we bought this software and it pretty much tells us what month their birthday is. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, like I pretty accurately can tell you if you're an August birthday. Right. So I'll send you a a message in August saying, Hey, Michelle, I know your birthday's coming up. Happy birthday. And he was like talking about this, like this is revolutionary. (laughs) And I'm like, Trent, what if you knew their exact date of birth? He's like, Oh, that'd be like that'd be huge. It would change my marketing. I was like, okay, what if you knew their birthday and like, you know, their their full name? He's like, he's like, oh, that would, you know, be incredible. What if you knew their birthday and their spouse's name? He's like, oh my god, like I could do so much with that. How about their, you know, and, and what if, yeah, and what if you had actually put your hands on them and got them out of physical pain? And he's like, oh, I, he's like, I'd I'd be a billionaire right now. And I'm like god we're shooting love with the information we have
1: <laughs> we are indeed we are indeed absolutely because we learn yeah. so much about our patients and if we can yeah. tie their life just like with your your podcast if you can tie people's lives to what you're doing mm-hmm. with them everyone else will connect to that mm-hmm. and and then they're not going anywhere else because that breeds loyalty so yeah, yeah. but yeah it's- i mean. So many things you can do to increase your your um, you know patient visits and make making sure the retention is high and um, you know getting more referrals and all the things based on connecting with that human.
0: Yeah. Now I know the the you remind me of a quote. The most scientific answer to any question is it depends. Depends. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you were starting out, or if you uh, had a new client come to you and they say, "Listen, I just need to get my house in order." Um, I want to work, but not a whole lot. I want to make $150,000 a year because my wife and I are, um, I heard this from one person the other day. We just, we want to buy a house and we just found out that we're going to need to go into like do fertility treatments to have kids. And we're dedicated on that. So what that sounds like to me is a house and a half, you know, (laughs) it's like I've had friends that go like 50 grand into that, but I, I was really feeling for this gentleman because like you know, he's professional. And everything. So he wants to make 150 or $200,000. I think, I think that shouldn't be out of line. Uh, so I'm going to scrap my 150. And I'm going to say $200,000 and he's willing to, to do 30 hours a week of patient care. And um, yeah, I would say, do you have any suggestions on retention? If you're looking strictly from a business model that works really well, again, I would say eight eight visits. It's just hard to make that work in a market because you end up spending so much on front end marketing. Right. And then there's the Michelle method of, uh, you know, we take four new patients a year. There's a lottery for them. You can pay for an application. (laughs) Uh,
1: so yes, Uh, that's not a
0: bad idea. Maybe a paid lottery. You know, it's like, I know you'd put in your $5,000 application fee. Unfortunately it didn't come around this time, but apply again next year, you know? That's it works crazy, with hunting yeah. licenses, right? It's like, yeah, apply, pay, and we'll tell you if you get them. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure that works for the healthy patient experience, but
0: <laughs> we well,
1: care about that, right?
0: Hey, man, the first one that pays you is going to expect a hell of a treatment the first day. And I'll tell you that right
1: now. <laughs> Boy, aren't they? And the good news is, is in their head, they're already going to expect it. Therefore, you can just show them that it happened and they'll believe. Yeah. It. Yeah. I love that about human nature. Um, So, yes, there's one thing that will change retention instantaneously. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Schedule your patients out. What? For multiple visits. You mean just
0: for the next visit?
1: (laughs) No. For the next four to six visits. Not a huge number. Not 6,000 visits, not their next yeah. 67 visits, right? We're not selling giant packages, although you're more than welcome to if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. But if you just let every patient know, miss, and you have to tell them the why. That's the mm-hmm. most important piece. So, if, you know, Mrs. Smith, we're working on this. You're getting much better at gardening. You're able to get up and down and pull those petunias all day long. It's so much fun mm-hmm. for you. Let's go ahead and schedule you out for your next four visits about a week apart. So that we can continue working on X, Y, and Z. Then Mrs. Smith walks to the front and schedules out her next four visits. And she always has four to six visits on the schedule. So each time she comes in, she schedules one more and then one more. If you just change that, your retention goes up so much. No patients fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do reactivations because everybody hates those anyway. Patients won't leave. Mm-hmm. They'll always be scheduled. It's a beautiful life.
0: Yeah. That's a great, great tip because it serves everybody. And uh, I'm sure you have training around this, but you know, it wouldn't be bad to spend a a one hour staff meeting like covering. This is how it's going to be. So that when Mrs. J- Smith walks up to the front desk and she says, I was told to schedule out uh, the next four, your front desk staff doesn't go. Oh, that's weird, but okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, the front desk has to carry the torch. I, I, yeah. I also recommend things like, you know, have a checkout sheet because the doctor doesn't always, the patient is kind of light you know, they're kind of like in happy land when they get adjusted, mm-hmm. right? They've got the chiropractic high, we call it, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes between leaving the doctor and getting to the front desk, those 10 steps, they forget, right? How many times yeah. do you forget what you're looking for when you go into a room oh. to find it? <laughs> right?
0: You're holding it's, your phone, using it as a flashlight to look for your phone. Like,
1: exactly. Yeah. I just did that. So yeah, I could totally relate to that. So, so you give the patient something to give the front desk, which then carries that torch. For interesting. You, yeah. And then that patient always will check out with that number of visits. They've agreed. They see the paper, the front desk carries the torch and you're yeah. on. The
0: run. When you're talking about human psychology, it's interesting too, because that, that ta- tactical, tangible feeling of something and handing it off creates value in that thing, right? Exactly.
1: Feels I mean, it's more the important. reason
0: if I give you a gift certificate for a uh, $500 towards, you know, a new Chevy truck, it feels like something. And the, the, if it's on stiff paper with gold printing, it feels like something more. And if I just send you a text, Hey, you know, assume you have $500 towards a new Chevy truck. The take rates is going to be a whole lot, a whole lot less. Yeah. Exactly. I'm so it. glad we had you on Michelle. You have such good insight <laughs> here. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm so, a geek. Thanks, Josh.
0: <laughs> yeah, so going back, uh, going back. Let me just recap what I've heard and correct me if I'm wrong. Start out, look at your bank account and look at your patient schedule and say, is my schedule full? Is my bank account full? If yes, cool. Go grab a margarita, kick your feet up, and relax. If no, you didn't say this explicitly. Should I figure out which one is more pressing? Is it? Hey, my schedule's 90% full, but my bank account's only, you know, it's very low. That tells you, you have a profitability problem versus schedule. Yeah. Figure those things out, right?
1: Correct. Figure out which, which ones. Okay. Yeah. Cause if you're working too hard and not making Mm -hmm. enough, then that's a, that's an income per visit issue. And you got to fix that.
0: Then figure out how many hours you actually want to work, um, which by the way, just, everybody listening. If you say, I want to do 25 hours of patient care, that does not mean 25 hours a week in your office. Like it's always more than patient care. Uh, usually a significant more, much more, but just remember that. But think how many hours do you want to see patients and then whatever. And then how much do you want to make? Like, Hey, I want to make 150,000 a year, 200,000 a year, 250, whatever it is. Cause you need those as guideposts for what we're about to talk about. Right. Which is then look at your visit and go, what do I, what's my income per visit? What's my cost per visit? Like, what does it actually cost to deliver this? Ooh. Which to deliver it, you need a chiropractor's time. That should have a known cost, right? Even if you're the owner and operating as a chiropractor, but there's that. Yes. And, and I have, think
1: you should say that again.
0: Okay. So in <laughs> the cost of delivery, in, it includes the cost of a chiropractor doing the service. Because you which have could to
1: pay yourself. It's right. very you important. You have to pay
0: someone. <laughs> they could be have the same name as you and look in the mirror like you, but you still need to pay them. Yes. They could be the name of an associate or they could be a contract. Doesn't matter. But we just need to pay somebody to the, uh, act as a chiropractor office and that person. And when we say pay, not thinking about possibly paying them at the end of the month, we need to have an agreed upon amount. They get paid at the end of the month for servicing that that time slot. All right. And then we also need to factor in all the other costs, which is the big ones are always, in my experience, it's always labor. So anything front desk, if you have an insurance biller, you need to fractionize that and make sure that we know how, how much it costs us to do that. Anybody that helps in the back, anybody that, uh, you know, make sure you're adding in the, the rent payment, office supplies, you know, if you're paying a janitor's crew, 500 bucks a month to clean your office, all of that has to be factored in because that's all operating costs, right? Hmm and then you look at expense you look at uh, revenue or income for the service cost of the service and then finally retention yep and if i do all those things i should have enough data points to navigate what i want to what do i want to do for example if i say oh the only way i'll get to 250,000 is if i open up my schedule to you know 45 hours of patient care a week it's like okay that's not going to work so then something has to happen. Let me change how much income per visit. Right. Exactly. And, and that's I go, where it okay. Gets fun. Right. And so there's a sweet spot there. Okay. You know what? 32 hours a week is, you know, I wanted to work 25, but that's not too bad. But that means I need to take my cost up. And I'm sorry, my income per, per visit. Yeah. Super yeah. easy. Yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah. If by increasing income, decreasing costs, suddenly you don't have to work as long or as hard. Right. And still serve a bunch of people. And a lot of docs have it on their heart to serve more people, serve more people, serve more people. Good mm-hmm. news is you can employ someone and serve those people. You don't have to do it yourself. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you nailed I it, Josh. It. Yep.
0: And then as a little aside, you had a couple nuggets within their clinical pearls, we might call them, which number one, block the Amazon website from your front desk staff, delete it from your phone, yes. uh, and just only once a month go in and make orders. Uh because that's a common area people overspend. Double check if you have any equipment leases, and if you do, and that equipment's dusty or you know is not being used, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Call and let them know they can pick it up, or it's going in the dumpster, and you know, motivate them to work with you. Um, and is there any others? there's a lot, but I feel well like schedule people out. In order to keep oh, that's attention. right. Make sure yeah. every patient's, yeah, four, six weeks scheduled out. You know, we had another guest on this podcast that has um, some, some uh, like, he's done some research on that. And he basically said a simple number is, if, I think it's, if less than 50% of your patients who are coming in have a future appointment, you are shrinking, you, you, even if you don't realize it. And if more than 80% have, a, have their next appointment scheduled by the time they leave, you're growing. Like, yeah. It's that clean. And uh, and I like yours because four, you know, I've tried scheduling patients out. Oh, let's schedule out over your next four months. And it's just like 16 visits just gets laborious at the front desk and next person's trying to check in. So four to six is is good. That seems pretty easy. Yeah.
1: And then it becomes only one. So it saves the front desk time at that point. Right. Right. Because you only do the four to six. Like, like for instance, if you're going to implement this tomorrow, it's Thursday. So you're going to implement it tomorrow on Friday. Then, you know, on Friday, Everyone gets four to six mm-hmm. visits scheduled out on Monday. You go one and one and one, and it becomes very simple, yeah. very easy. And yet you never have a patient fall through the cracks. So they feel love cared it. for and it's off their plate and, you know, they're going to get better.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, All right. fantastic. Michelle, it has been a breath, breath of fresh air. I really appreciate it. If people want to reach out and they'd love to work with you coaching wise and whatnot, uh, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Um, They can email me at info at be the best chiropractor.com. Also on be the best chiropractor, they can click. I have a do it yourself tools. You can just click on that button and it takes you to about 200 videos um, that you can just do it yourself. Just watch the videos and do it yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) Just, just 200. So that's everything from, you know, adjusting tools to soft tissue, to how to run a practice to customers, all the things just just, you know, stuff I geek out on myself, how to, how to count your numbers, things like that.
0: Yeah, I love it. All right, Michelle, well, we really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the, our podcast. And it was a lot of fun, Josh, thank you. Good, I'm glad. I try and keep it exciting, you know? <laughs> God, I hate boring, boring podcasts. Me <laughs> been too. been on a couple and uh, yeah. So on behalf of Dr. Michelle Wendling, this is Dr. Josh Sattis saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.